Hey, Anna Babies. It's me, Yasmin. And me, Salma. Yo, it's Kamora. What's good? And this is your weekly dive into all things nerd culture. Okay. Hey, y'all. What's up? Hello. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How has y'all week been so far? Um, about same. I had to fry like giant chicken breasts on my mother's demand on Mother's Day. Like they're they're bigger than my hand, ginormous. I did not finish them. I only finished half of them. Yes, we stand slavery. And she wasn't kidding either. I was just like, do I for real have to cut up and fry all of these? Like, all eight? And she's just like, am I laughing? Did I stutter? Uh, no. It's to work. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. Okay. She she <laughs> said, your place is in the what? Kitchen. Yes, <laughs> Slavery never ended. It just evolved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Sama? How was your week? How's your week been? I've been doing nothing but watching Psyche K. Psyche K? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Psyche K, let's go. Psyche K and drinking soda. That's all I've been doing. Yes. We love us a little carbonated drink. I'm Bro. I'm I'm glad you're getting on the Psyche K wave now because um Facts. It's wildly, you know. I've been meaning to watch it for the longest time, but every time I think about watching it, I'm like, eh. but today I was like, I was like, you know what? I should start something. So I was like, you know what? Let me go watch Psyche K because I've been trying to watch it for like a year and a half now. It is so good. I love it so much. <laughs> I physically identify with the, what's her name? Terahashi-san? Uh, yeah, Terahashi. Terahashi. I physically, I, I. I have decided to kin Terahashi because I too am self-absorbed and fall in love with anybody who's willing to ignore me. So <laughs> Terahashi is like low-key a bird, but you know, hey, ain't nothing wrong with a little chirping chirping. So we've we've all done it at some point. Listen, she knew what she wanted, she knew who she was, and she wasn't even wrong about who she was. Mm. She was a yeah. She was a little. She's a little, you know, all up in herself. But come on, she's genuinely a really good. She's a very well written female character, actually, which was I I was not expecting from the show. But she's a genuinely well written female character, and I I have to stand. Mm. But I'm watching it in dubbed because I wanted to play Animal Crossing at the same time. So, (sighs) oh my god, you and this dub nonsense, yo. All right, go ahead. I mean, I guess at this point, you know. You could watch dub just like people do crack cocaine. It's not good for you, but people still do it. I can't believe you're comparing dubbed anime to fucking class one drugs. I mean, am am I far off? You are prejudiced, and <laughs> that's that's on that. Wow, wow! Good thing you mentioned about prejudice, Sama. That's a great leeway into our hot take of the week. Disgusting. You made me a goddamn segue. Yes, I did. Yep, you fell into my trap. So, what I wanted to talk about today, um, I guess I could kind of preface this by saying that 
um, this entire like past two to three weeks have been a bit um, desensitizing for me, um, especially considering like the killing of like Ahmaud Aubrey and like all these like um, police brutality cases that I've been seeing recently. And just the like vehemently like the, like almost like violently racist shit that I've been seeing like the past on like social media. I had to like take like a little break because it was just like ugh, it was a lot to take in, and everyone just had like their think pieces and everything. So I kind of just needed to take a break, but I also wanted to kind of chat about this. Um, and more specifically, what I wanted to talk about is sort of like racism and um, social media. So what really made me want to talk about this topic was I've been seeing a lot recently about TikTok and just the the nonsense on it with just like people just posting like the most like racist ass shit. And I kind of just want to have a, like a, a chat about it and see, you know, how you guys felt about it like because I'm not on TikTok I, TikTok I don't have a TikTok account because um I'm grown and I have bills so oh, wow <laughs> wait um we are also grown and we also have bills and you know just again, say you I'm don't like TikTok, TikTok. Just, I'm just not on TikTok just say, just say you don't like TikTok and go damn I, it was not that serious it was not that serious for you to come for us like that I've you know yeah, I've I have a life, so I'm not on TikTok, anyways. But I've just been, but I'm on Twitter, which is even worse, honestly. <laughs> um, and so I've just been seeing people like posting clips of just like, just people just saying so much racist things on TikTok. And since you guys have TikTok and like are pretty um, well versed in it, I kind of wanted to hear about you guys and hear how you've been like sort of seeing this. Um. Let's see. When it comes to like racism on TikTok, it literally never ends. Like all the black creators I follow, like there are so many like racist comments like, "Oh, let's end racism," right? And it like and like the comment would be like a uh, like a like a regular smiley face with like the yellow hand and then a black hand and then a monkey. As in oh like the white person is shaking hands with the monkey. Oh, oh, oh my God. That's fucked up. And and it's just like, you did this for what? The thing about TikTok is that because it's basically curated content to your, like, um, to your interests and what you happen to like, like, you basically curate your own content, kind of like the Instagram for you type page. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it literally, it's called for you. So it's not like popular videos for everybody. It's like for you. So it becomes sort of an echo chamber for any type of idea. So for example, I guess, because I like a lot of like, uh, LGBTQA content, a lot of, uh, people of color creators and a lot of like anime stuff, like I'll get that type of content. So of course, like if you're a white straight male, you're going to get basically an echo chamber of like pretty white girls or ed skateboarding or like whatever you're really, really into. So it becomes sort of an echo chamber for uh, racism, for prejudice and stuff like that. Just like it becomes a sort of space, safe space for LGBTQA people. It also can have the opposite effect. So it is terrible seeing like 
for a little while there was a sound going going through tiktok uh it was one of these uh songs that said fuck ice you know it, mm-hmm. it was like a like a kind of um chicano type beat like a fuck ice bitch and it was like it was saying a lot of stuff you know about ice uh and against that and i saw so many people supporting it but i also saw a lot of people using the sound to be like to sit there stare in front of the camera and be like uh you shouldn't be in the country blah 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 you know like that type mm-hmm. of stuff they were also using it to attack latinos and stuff like that so it, it it does become like it's kind of a free-for-all for things that people can kind of say it, it's it's horrible you see a lot of it on there there's like yeah. a lot like I see like a lot of creators get harassed because like oh like don't get so big headed you're just a you know nigger hard er at that like but like it's like the black creators who get like um shadow banned by TikTok but like the racist people like they don't get shadow banned at all like their content is still up but and it's like know, always the POC that always gets uh, sensitized like censored and taken down shadow banned blocked from all this nonsense but it's, all, it's always the, the you know the racist ones that are always like oh you know this that nigger yeah and you oh. know that's what's that's what's the crazy thing about it right is that like i've seen i've seen people complain about tiktok about how like they allow like similar to what Salmu was saying like those sound bites like i know there was one going around i don't know what exactly what it sounded like because like every time like that sound bite was like attached to it like, it was always just some racist shit that popped up. But, um, but like, TikTok didn't remove, like, that soundbite or, like, at least, like, you know, moderate who, like, what the videos are talking about in that soundbite. You know what I mean? And I think, I think one, it, it's a reflection on the users, obviously, you know. But I also think that um, it's, like, a reflection on TikTok as a company because I... Because since I I kind of, like, went in, like, a rabbit hole about, like, TikTok and, like, how and sort of its management. And, like, TikTok is actually, like, kind of a, a really fucked up, like, platform. Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I was reading about how, like, there was this kid who, like, literally filmed his suicide on TikTok. And, like, TikTok was, like, aware of this. And they did not... The first people that they contacted wasn't the police wasn't you know any sort of law enforcement or you know um like a 911 type of shit no they contacted their PR team first about the incident and then they didn't release anything about that incident until like a year later yeah, and actually, like, you see, mm-hmm. you see a lot of that type of thing where uh, TikTok will not take down certain types of videos, but other types of videos will keep up. So, like things with gore, some sometimes I've seen fa- I've seen smaller creators get hit harder by uh, mm-hmm. by takedowns and shadow bans. They call it shadow bans. It's basically when TikTok just does not push your video at all. Yeah. So. It's it's available on the platform, but it they won't push it to to the public, uh. So they call it shadow banning, or they'll ban people from lives and stuff like that for something as simple as wearing like tank tops or bralettes or stuff like that. Or or I follow this guy who does fake gore, like um. You could tell it's props, and he says it in the beginning of the video. He puts it as a warning. He's like, none of this is real. All of this is special effects makeup, 
and they get hit hard as long as they're smaller creators. Once they become bigger, it becomes kind of like, like TikTok doesn't want to take that down for some reason. Like the bigger the creator is, the like least likely there are to be to be consequences for that creator because there are there have been pedophiles on the app people have been proven to be pedophiles on the app uh people around the age of 20 25 talking to minors 15 year olds 14 year olds as young as 13 year olds um and they were not taken down but mm-hmm. the creators who started talking about them, specifically the creators of color, got hit very hard, uh, got taken down, got their accounts banned completely. And like, yeah. you know how hard it is for like the like creators of color to get verified? Like they could have like a million followers and they still won't get their verified check comparative to like the smaller TikTokers, but like they their content is just like what they what TikTok thinks they're that people are looking for more but they have way less followers they say they have like 100k they mm-hmm. would get the verified check before like like art like people i follow like artists lgbt and like poc creators like they'll have a million followers but not get the check but like i see like you know white girls doing their little dances on tiktok <laughs> doing a little dance and like oh, they would God. have their check for like 10k and that's mm. not a hit on those creators there is a demand for that uh you know, for that content. And like, that's totally cool. Like, you know, nobody's hating on you for just doing that content. If it works for you, it works for you. It's just saying that across the board, it is so much harder for small, uh, smaller people of color accounts to get through that barrier than it is for like, um, you like know. facts, like no shades, like the, the, the TikTokers that already got your verified check. Like this isn't about you. It's about like the people who can't like jump that barrier for unjustifiable reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also hear about like different policies in TikTok. Like there was something that was leaked that TikTok, like, I guess it was like a, like a memorandum. I wasn't, sh- I'm not sure about what exactly what it was, but it was like, it was saying, it was like telling, like, I guess like the moderators for TikTok to like, um, don't promote people who are like fat or who are LGBTQ, um, who are, who look like to be poor because oh, yeah. they don't get enough um, traction. They yeah, they basically like shadow ban fat LGBTQ and um disabled. Yeah, disabled too. Like they shadow ban them because they think like that's not what the algorithm is looking for. Like that's not what people are looking for. Even though it's supposed to be like an equal safe space for everybody. Like right? they did they tried to do that on Lolo. Y'all not Lolo. Yeah, and I was just like, if this is how the company like sort of operates, like just on, just like on the surface, like okay, yeah, okay, you know, a lot of these companies have mission statements that they say that are you know we're devoted to diversity, equity, inclusion, and then they're really not. You know, they they hate they hate the ethnic people as just as much, but like it was with TikTok, it's like it's almost like blatant, like it's almost just like. Yeah, um, we hate we hate every like marginalized group. Um, if you're not white, straight, if you're not white and straight, and you know, even attractive, attractive. yeah, like if you're not conventionally attractive, TikTok absolutely will not run you your cloud. So, oh, that's facts. If you ugly, you ain't getting nothing. Exactly, and it's just like all all like social media platforms have issues 
when it comes to, you know, when it comes to sort of the user, well, sort of like the implementation of like, you know, harassment policies or like just general policies. Um, like obviously larger creators get away with more shit than like smaller creators, you know, white creators get away with more shit than other non-white creators. So it's like, this isn't this isn't a problem that is exclusive to TikTok, but what I've just noticed is that like it's just blatant with TikTok. At least at least some companies have a little bit of tacticum. You know, they have a little bit of decorum. Like TikTok just just like, um, we hate blacks. We hate we hate anyone that's not like <laughs> we hate any we hate anyone that's not straight. We hate, like it's like they, they it's like they remind you that, you know, we live in a society that sort of profits um not necessarily profits but places like whiteness and things that come with whiteness on a pedestal and i don't know i just it's just a very like icky feeling for me to think about because it's like you know it's a great platform i've i've seen a lot of people you know really be creative with the platform but it's also like yikes just a big old bag of yikes. Also, I th- I want to talk about one particular thing on TikTok mm-hmm. that I think is a little more quietly insidious. Like it, it's insidious, but it's quietly insidious. Um, is the implementation of the beauty filter? Now TikTok mm-hmm. has this program. This has a lot of filters. Has a lot of things that you can use to to be creative with. They recently implemented a beauty filter that not only like does what snapchat does which is like slightly make your features smaller and um it evens out your skin tone color it can literally change the shape of your eyes the shape of your jawline the shape of your nose and all of the beautifications that you can make is that you can make them smaller basically mm-hmm. like you can just make your, your your nose smaller your eyes bigger like your your chin slimmer and i and your skin whiter you could do that too that's the thing right so why 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 are it's more leaning them towards eurocentric standards of beauty like Mm -hmm. let's not lie to ourselves there are more eurocentric standards of beauty like slam down your nose like elongate your face those are all why like what, what what is what was necessary about that filter every other filter on tiktok has some sort of like creative um appeal to it right like mm-hmm. you can you can use it to be creative and stuff. You can't really use this to be creative other than to make videos about how like, oh, look at how much you can mess with your face. And you can't disproportionately make your face look goofy. I mean, you can setting it to extreme standards, right? But even then, that has that that's just insidious. I think that's just more one of their more quietly insidious things. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember I remember that also was like an issue with Instagram as well that Instagram had um they had like this like cosmetic surgery filter but um that was like really popular but then they took it down because they were like it's promoting like um one it's promoting plastic surgery and like two it's like promoting like unhealthy beauty standards the whole thing about plastic surgery is that I mean I feel like if you want to get it you you know that's your body do what you do whatever the fuck you want to do but it's like I I do understand where it may come from when it comes to like, um, especially like younger, like users, 
of like social media platforms like that can be very like disaltering and especially like when you're young like you always like you're getting constant messages pushed to you saying how oh you're ugly hold you're just you know oh you know you need to look like this if you want to be you know attractive and so I don't know I guess it just reinforces those those sort of beauty standards that you're those your essential beauty standards that you were talking about well like like all platforms kind of like push the eurocentric beauty standards on like everything kind of like it's everywhere you look so I'm not really like shocked to to hear about like any type of like eurocentric standard push on any type of Mm -hmm. platform app because you will find that everywhere everywhere you look tv everywhere yeah I didn't so, like, what I also want to talk about, especially in regards to TikTok and things like that, was that I really wanted to talk about um, sort of how you feel about this. Because, like, one thing that I've seen, right, is that people will, you know, screen record these TikToks, post it on their various social medias, talking about how awful this is and how racist this is. And then they're just like, yeah, um, y'all run it up, you know let's go report them, da-da-da-da-da. And, like, a part of me is, like, okay, I understand bringing attention to these specific users and to, you know, make sure that they're not on the platform anymore. But a part of me is also, like, a lot of these people who, like, repost these racist, like, TikTok videos or, or like, you know, the Karens and the Beckys and the the Gertrudes of the world who are racist and record them and talk about Twitter, do your thing, talk, things like that. I also think like they're being very opportunistic when they do that as well, because, you know, things like that rile people up. And so they get attention for that tweet. And while people may also, you know, while people may go and report these people like on, you know, whatever social media platform it is, whether it's Twitter, whether it's, you know, things like that, they'll, they also get clout from that as well. And like, I don't know, it just doesn't sit right with me. Cause a lot of the time, the people who are, who are like reposting these videos, talking about Twitter, do your thing. They'll also be saying, they also have like wildly racist tweets from like 2013. And so it's like, girl, like, what are you doing? Like, come on. Like, you know, so I wanted to really hear about how you guys felt about that. Like, is there room for people, you know, to spread the word? Like, how much spreading the word is too much? And how, where it becomes, like, almost, like, clout chasing? I think that there is a measured number of being like, yeah, uh, this person is not okay. Don't follow this person. Like, go report it, whatever. But if that's all the account is dedicated to i i don't know how to feel about that there's a certain sense of like okay this is necessary but how much of it is too much you know how much of it is just blind outrage and not like this is a systematic problem and these are people that we need to correct because mm-hmm. a lot of it comes from blind anger about what's happening and we're not talking and like yeah hitting the individual people is creating kind of a culture of consequence and I'm not going to be one that's not like, oh, they don't deserve that. Like, they definitely deserve it. You're old enough to know that's not okay. You're old enough to know that, like, what you're doing is disrespectful. And I think in the case of those people who uh, who posted that video, I, I know, I don't know if everybody saw it. 
it was a talk- TikTok video where they were like, oh, it's a trend, really, God creating, you know, whatever, and then they pour cups of the amounts of things. Oh, that one, where it was like God creating, and her boyfriend. Yeah. And see, in that video, I'm like, you are old enough. You are definitely old enough. And one of you should have thought, this is a bad idea. It's like, this is bad. This is racist. These are not comments that I am physically able to make because it is not my community. It is not, you know, and they were like, it's a joke and he mean to, or in her case, she was like, he made me. It's like, ma'am, you have a brain and of your own, you know, you can think your own thoughts. Be your own person. Do not follow along with the crowd. But there are a lot of people who think like that. Now, like, do, was it, was the account of... <sighs> See, I, I don't know how to feel about it. I genuinely don't know. Because I feel like it is necessary to put some of these people out on blast. Everybody, though? I don't know. Like, okay, I I, I know what you're talking about. Because I completely understand. Because, like, it is necessary to put on blast. But, like, here's, like, another instance of, like, the scenario on TikTok where you know how you know the trend where it's like oh okay how do I like do this or do that I forget what she asked right but she was like okay now that all the black people are here yes that was the form? thing I was talking about how's my form and then like she was like three quarters of a like three-fifths of a, a person and like she was standing in front of a cotton field and I was like bitch what the fuck <laughs> And then, like, not even, like, she outwardly came out to apologize on her own. Like, I think it was her parents who, like, mm-hmm. made her apologize. Was like, I don't condone racism in my family. I never taught yeah. her this. I don't know where this came from. And, and she had like, the, the lying tears. I see you, sis. Don't, don't act stupid. <laughs> She's trying to make it sound like, hmm, I'm just, just sorry, crying and shit. Please, bitch. Please. You knew what you were doing. You like they see it happening but they still make these videos so like I, f- I feel like it's like kind of like a mix of both depending on the person like mm-hmm. they think like oh either like I won't suffer the consequences or like they kind of want the attention low-key like somewhere yeah. deep down they want the negative attention yeah I think I and I think what it de- it also deals with like people who like report that as well well report quote unquote because not all of them are doing it for you know social justice of course not and so it's like a cycle it's like racist puts up video of themselves doing racist things someone calls them out quote unquote on it tells twitter do your thing twitter or other social media platforms people go on they go on it and just be like oh my god this is terrible they get clout, they do their little um, iOS press release apology, and it's like, and then a cycle continues with a new person. And so it's like, I wonder if like, we are contributing to like, okay, so I guess I, I, I want to tread lightly on how I word this. I don't want to say that people who are reporting on this are, are actively like creating racist, like a racist is going to be a racist, whether on camera or off camera you know, in public or in private, but it's also like, but it's also, you know, clout is like a commodity in this day and age. So, you know what they say, like, you know, bad publicity is still publicity. So I wonder if like people who are being active and calling that out and like 
are we pouring more fuel on the fire? You know what I mean? When it comes to sort of the cycle of just constant, um, just videos and images of just people being racist. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I want to say it's both, it's, it's the same type of narcissism in different forms. Mm-hmm. Like it's just easier. It's, I think it's easier to justify being a narcissist in the form of, Oh, this is for justice. We're doing this for justice. But are, is it really just people wanting to feel superior, wanting to make other people feel bad? Yeah. I, that sounds really bad. It really does. It's just like, there has to be some, but it's also, I also wanted to say that like, it's kind of hard having been a minority your whole life. And a lot of people telling you to be the bigger person, be the bigger person. And I know a lot of these sentiments of Twitter, do your thing. Like it is that feeling of finally having some power to do something about Mm. it. Like we can all relate to having been discriminated against, to being actively bullied, to being actively pushed around and having been told that we need to suck it up, that this is what life is going to be like for us. And that this is what like, like this, this is how you have to handle it. You have to stand there with your back straight, with your head up high, and you cannot say or do anything to the people who are actively uh, pushing you down. And like, I get it. I get that the feeling would be great for it to be like, for not only to you be able to take this video and put it up somewhere and be like, do something about it. We can do something about it in mass. Yeah. It's the first time a lot of us have gotten to experience some kind of power to create consequences for people. Mm. Is it going to go to some people's head? Absolutely. I honestly think that this is necessary though. Yeah. That like, yeah, the ba- yeah there are going to be some people who are going to use this as clout chasing. I want to I wanna believe that a lot of this is coming from a place of just feeling powerless for so long that suddenly having this power, having this many people behind you to be able to do something, like create consequences for the people who think that this is okay, is going to set a standard of actually having people think about their actions before they do it, you know? Mm-hmm. That this is just kind of what has to happen. There, you know, it's gonna it seems a little ridiculous and a little bit like too many consequences, I think. Because a lot of people are like, oh, nobody deserves to have their life ruined or um, something like that. But I think that like absolutely, if you are uh, if you are I get it, if you're like 13, it's not the same. If you're 13 and you're going through that phase where you think all edgy jokes are funny or whatever, that's okay. That's something else. There should be teachable moments, but you're still young. You're still developing. If you are a grown ass person and you are doing these videos, and case in point, those two people, those are two white adults. They were not teenagers. They were adults. If you're over the age of 18, you or even if you're over the age of 16, you know co- actions have consequences by now. You have lived long enough to have experienced some form of I did this and they caused this. This is why I shouldn't do it. It's just like you know that everything you say is getting recorded. You, you, you put the video up there. You know you recorded that. You created evidence against yourself. You can't say that that won't have consequences. It's like, grow up, become a better person before you start posting anything on anything. Because it's not like we didn't grow up with social media. This, this is definitely not the first time they've seen someone taken down for something that they posted. 
So what makes them think they're above it? It's because all their lives they've lived with the with the knowledge that they can get off scot-free. The consequences are not the same for them as it always has been for us. Mm. So where does that leave them? This is the first time that the consequences are exceeding uh, the actions in their minds for them. But we live like this. You know, if you're a person of color, you know that your actions will always come with harsher consequences than than people who are white people with more privilege people who are rich it, it just it is you know i want to i want to believe that this comes from a place of you know finally feeling like you have the power to to say and do something about it and not so much about clout chasing but yeah clout chasing is a thing that some people do so i don't know that's why i say i'm very conflicted about it yeah you also bring up a great point about how like people especially marginalized people always feel powerless in the faces of such big institutions of racism and sexism, homophobia, transphobia, et cetera, et cetera. And so social media kind of gives them that platform to like reclaim that power back. Um, so, and when you were talking about that, I was actually thinking about doxing. Like I've been thinking about sort of the idea of doxing and how, and how it can be sort of used in different sorts of manners and when and then when I was thinking about doxing I saw a tweet um earlier this week I think on like Monday about like the barbs how they doxed um chart data which is like a twitter account that literally posts about chart data because Nicki Minaj was um because they wanted to know like if Nicki Minaj got the number one um, and I was just like, what the, f- <laughs> like, how are you going to post this whole person's like address and like, you know, their full name and everything. Oh, like all these identifiable information is because of a chart, <laughs> you know, but then I but then I was also thinking about like sort of the levels of doxing as well when you were talking about it. Cause it was like, yeah, like, yeah, doxing in and of itself is not like the best thing to do. And like honestly the people who do dox end up worse than the people who get doxed because like they're immediately banned on like most social media platforms etc but when you were talking about oh you know there are consequences to people's actions i was thinking about how people do what i like to call like a soft dox so it's like oh this is where this place this this is where this person works you should call them and let this you know business establishment know that we don't tolerate racism and stuff like that or like this is where they go to school or um you know or just like things like that where it's not it's it's not necessarily like personal information but it is like it is information to be known rather than like a hard docs where you're posting like their social security numbers their full names their parents full names where their parents live (laughs) you know who their doctor is who their OBGYN is like things like that and so I kind of wanted to ask in relation to um people being having consequences about what they post on the internet um like how do you feel about doxing and do you think doxing whether it's a soft dox hard hard dox whatever is that necessary in order for people to understand the real life ramifications of their actions well i guess it depends on the like on the person because like 
some people do know like the ramifications of like like what their actions do but like some people never really learn you know but like it's a very shallow pond to like let me try and I hate to disagree with you, but I feel like we spent our whole childhood learning that uh, our actions on the internet have a consequence, especially like our generation. We grew up with the internet. We should know that our our actions are being recorded and stuff like that. It's like they tell you, like whenever you start applying for jobs, they really tell you to like take a look at your social media accounts to know that like everything that you put out on the internet, people will see. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a void. People see you don't exist inside like a little a little box. Even if your settings are set on private, like you're still risking something, putting something out there. Someone sees and someone shares that, like you no longer have yeah. control. And how come they use that that they're those those are also the type of people who are like, Oh, if a girl has her nude leak, she shouldn't have taken them. You didn't want to get exposed to your job don't post racist stuff on the internet like it's it's simple i don't i personally don't believe that whole like uh nudes thing i'm just saying that like that's the same they come with the same mentality you know yeah usually those things are not mutually exclusive mm-hmm. so it, it it seems to me like i believe that yes if you are willing to put something out on the internet you are you are consenting yourself to the fact that people are going to see it and those people will be and can be potential employers your peers people who who you want to respect you that you have to deal with the consequences of putting something out there so i believe that yeah you absolutely are allowed to go tell an employer that this is if this is behavior that they want from their company because you know what say you're working a corporate job or versus somebody who's working a customer service job if a customer came up to the manager and was like is this that person just called me a slur. Is this the face that you want to represent your company? This is, you know, why is it different if they have a corporate job? And mm-hmm. it, and in case of people who like are teachers or, um, you know, a big fundamental parts of uh, our society, they should be held to a higher standard, right? Tend not to do that to people. I think that it's okay to, to go and tell their schools and their, and, um, and their jobs that they are behaving in this way. It just is. Those are those are big, you know, you you and your racist comments are making impacts in other people's lives. So why shouldn't your racist impa- comments impact your own life? Mm-hmm. So you don't get to hurt people and then dictate the way they deal with the hurt, you know? Yeah, it's true. I don't think they should be hard docs, though. I don't think addresses should be leaked and stuff like that. That's that's just sort of angry mob type behavior. And that's, that's not kind of what I was like. I was like. Because, like, yeah, like, you tell, like, their job or whatever, but, like, about the hard doxing, like, I don't know about, like, leaking their address, their parents' address, their... That seems like a little much. hmm You know, and I would kind of, like, push you on that sort of argument because I do... I, I feel like for me, personally, I feel like hard doxing does have a place, especially when we're talking about, like people who are like rapists sexual predators pedophiles like i think that while hard doxing should not be used in all manners i think sometimes it could be used whether or not you know it should be is a question it's kind of like a subjective question um but like i mean for me personally 
I would like to know if like a rapist lives, you know, next to me or lives in a community or area, which I know is like filled with kids or like the same, same thing with a pedophile. Like I, if I see like a pedophile on the street, not, not sorry. If I see a pedophile like on social media, actively like portraying pedophilia and this is a real person, like I kind of want to know like where this person is at just so I know that like people, especially kids are not harmed. So I, I think I think hard doxing. Well, honestly, I think doxing in general is kind of um, it's kind of like a tool that should be used with caution, but especially with hard doxing. But I do feel that hard doxing has a place, but is very very particular in its sort of use, if that makes sense. Yeah, but when it comes to those bigger crimes, right? The mm-hmm. the rapists. Pedophile, the pedophiles and stuff like that that's why there are registries like uh, the sex offenders list um i think at that point it has to be given over to the authority i just do not think the common people have <laughs> i have a thing with authority too mm-hmm. but i think that like it should be handed over to the authority i just think that angry mob mentality does not help in that situation because mm. You know, you're just risking more people doing worse shit. And it also becomes something like it it forces those people to band together. And then you get things like maps, minor attracted people trying to invade LGBTQA spaces because now they feel like they're, they've been seeped into and attacked. They're, they huddle together and suddenly they're way more impactful and powerful as maps than they are as individual like pedophile and i'm saying maps because that's what they identify themselves as but they do not deserve that luxury they are pedophiles this is what these pedophiles um do they huddle together and now they're a group and they feel a lot more protected and a lot and they create these spaces for themselves and that should not be allowed but if if they get attacked by angry mobs that's what they're gonna do. Is they're gonna band together. Mm. That's a that's a good point you make. Um, I guess for me, where I was thinking about it with like hard doxing, especially with crimes like that, you know, is that unfortunately, like law enforcement, especially when it comes to sort of sexual violence against women and children, like they're at best ineffective and at worst, like criminally like negligent and so sometimes when I think about like things like that I think about how hard doxing can sort of be a tool so that people are more informed but then you do bring up a good point how like if a if a community and I hate to call them a community but I digress but (laughs) if like if like people like that you know feel like they're being attacked they're gonna like you said they're gonna group together and then I think I would have to agree with, like, Sama when it comes to, like, leaving things to the authorities, because, like, like, hard doxing, like, like you said, Yasmin, like, it's up for, like, it's kind of, like, a hard topic to see who gets, like, hard doxed or not, but, like, when it comes to, like, pedophiles and such like that, like, that should be something left to the the authorities and stuff like that, because, like, we were kind of on the topic of, like, racism and things like that so it's like just mm-hmm. to jump to like pedophilia yeah, no. it's kind of like a different topic yeah no 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 I I totally agree with you I feel 
and I agree with the the statement that like okay if you're being racist like I don't think people should like look up your whole address and like your parents like credit card number or their like timeshare <laughs> you know information like okay that you know that is a lot but I guess like my idea about like hard doxing and when it can be used is that like when it comes to like things like that where institutions are notorious for not for making sure that the victim is not um protected especially women and children like sometimes you know maybe just for people to be aware especially if they feel like that person may commit those crimes just so that people can alert the authorities or at least show evidence that you know there there's been prior knowledge of this happening on their social media and kind of like connect those to like real life and their social media but I do also agree with Sama that it could have a negative consequence in terms of you know people who are who are pedophiles or who are rapists who are this who are that etc will then join up together because you know it's harder to strike when you have numbers so it's again like it's it's a very tricky um it's a very tricky thing to navigate um especially like if you consider yourself like an an activist on social media like how much is too much you know pushing before i guess it's like it's like kind of like pushing like a hornet's nest you know there's only so many times you could like poke at that nest before you know thousands of angry murder hornets come and kill you so (laughs) not the murder hornets yeah Yeah, now we have that shit to deal with 2020 is is a very interesting year but it's definitely it's definitely a very tricky topic to sort of work around and to understand and how to use the internet internet whether it's to bring light to an issue or just just using the internet like ethically i guess but then so my final thing i wanted to talk about um and in regards to this is the thing that kind of like propelled me to want to talk about this week is that as you guys have probably heard or saw um the murder of of Ahmad Arbery and how you know I've, I'm pretty sure but just like a pretty a pretty short synopsis um he was a black man in Georgia he was jogging in this neighborhood one day these two white men um followed him because they suspected he was doing some form of criminal activity and wanted to do a, ha- a quote-unquote citizen's arrest and then they murdered him in cold blood um and they weren't charged this happened in february and they didn't get charged until now because there was a video of it released of his murder and that's how they got charged and i didn't watch the video because i just frankly didn't want to i just don't like seeing black people die especially like so gruesome like that in front of my face when i'm also trying to use social media as like a tool for escapism so when i saw that shit was like going around i was like okay i'm logging off (laughs) i'm gonna go watch bleach like i usually do when i'm you know in a very bad mental state 
and revisit this another time. And so it kind of goes back to how much exposure do we put on these sort of issues? How much is too much? You know, because sometimes, especially with like a lot of like activists now, um, they'll like post these videos, no trigger warnings whatsoever, um, or barely like a trigger warning in sight. They'll post these very gruesome, violent videos of specifically, specifically Black people being killed. And then, you know, and then they'll talk about how, oh, we need to raise awareness on this issue and we need to bring this to light. And while that is important, we do need to bring, especially things like that, just gruesome, just execution style murders of black people, whether it be by police or common folk like these two disgraces of human life. It's also like, who, I guess my thing is, is like, who are you trying to prove this to? Like, are you trying to prove this to black people? Because black people already know that we are continually, are continuing, um, sorry. Continuously. Yeah, continuously. killed attacked by police brutality um just racist white people in general um and we are always we are continuously being killed by these people so you don't have to convince me or convince other black people that this is happening but it's like it's almost like a lot of like white and especially like a lot of like white liberals they need like proof that this is happening to black people like this is real and it's like do you really like are are our murders you know supposed to be educational material for white libs so that you know they can convince other white people to stop killing us or what is this is this going to help you get engagement on your various social media platforms or are you doing this because people need to see this you know um and that's what's been really that's been a big question in my mind. Like, who who is this audience for? Like, who what is this video um, supposed... Who's supposed to see this video? It's supposed to be Black people who are continuously um, subjugated to things like this? Or is it other people, you know? And if so, like, is that necessary? Is it necessary to show our deaths? So that we could become viral and that we could finally get action. Um, um, unfortunately, I, I kind of think it's necessary. And here's why. Because people do use the internet as an escapism from the problems of real life. But I, and I'm trying to say this as tactfully as possible. Uh, this specific topic is, is heavy and I really do not want to misstep here. I think people very much would like to believe that the world is good and that there is nothing wrong and specifically white people and people who don't suffer through the things that um, we suffer through as people of color. I'm, I'm not black. Uh, you know, I face slightly different issues than you guys do. Definitely. I face my own set, but you know, that doesn't mean that, I don't try to empathize and try to see it from your guys' perspective. 
but I don't think everybody does. And I think sometimes seeing these videos, seeing, seeing the outrageous gall that people go and kill people of color, specifically black men, I think it's sometimes it's necessary as an eye opener, as something like that has to be seen because we know, because we experience every day does not mean that other people do. And we know that the media is not always going to give attention to the right things. And unfortunately, misery sells, but only to the extent where it pushes into people's already existent um, biases, you know? Mm -hmm. And the internet's kind of a lawless land of, <laughs> of media. It's not the same. It's not run by... I mean, it kind of is run by big corporations, but it's not completely run by big corporations. So it's a little easier to access different points of view through the internet. We we know, we see what happens. We know what happens. We're, we're, we educate ourselves every day, but that doesn't mean everybody else does. And if the video helps motivate somebody to realize that this isn't okay, it is so sad. It is It is so bad. But it's like, I think it's a, it's a necessity. But it's also so terrible that people need physical, visual proof to feel compassion for others. And that um, it's not just something that is genuinely ingrained. And I think it's it's terrible that it, it is necessary, but it is. And I, I genuinely feel like that puts me on some kind of bad side because I, I feel like I don't want to use other people's human lives to, you know... To, to become a teaching moment like that. That is terrible. That is a terrible thing. Oh, wait, what were you going to say, Kamara? So I was going to agree, like, we do need, like, to, for these things to be, like, exposed online. And, like, and it's also true, like, it, people's lives shouldn't be used as a teaching mechanism for, like, other people to know that, like, we as people of color struggle, like, and it's, but it's like, if, if the video and like the information is not spread, it's more likely that the news will not spread on it. The, the knowledge won't be known. The names won't be known. The struggles won't be known unless we talk about it, unless we spread it. And it's like, mm, in a sense where it's like, it if we don't talk about it, who really will? And like, like you said before, Yasmin, like this happened back in February, right? Mm -hmm. If that video wasn't distributed, those people wouldn't even be on trial. Hell, those people wouldn't even be in handcuffs. They wouldn't. So if the video wasn't distributed in the first place, like how would people have known? How would the, how would his death be righted if the video wasn't distributed so people yeah. could know their, their names people could know their faces and isn't the recorder of the video not even like in prison yet like not even in prison like being mm. prosecuted with them even though he should be oh absolutely he was there I mean, he witnessed listen i'ma just i'ma keep it cute because i'm not trying to get the fbi on my ass but they deserve <laughs> they deserve everything that's coming to them but I also, um, I, I agree with that sentiment that 
there is space for this. I'm just, I'm just wondering how we as a society, especially as a society that is increasingly becoming connected through the internet, how we could ethically go about it so that stories like Ahmad's and like Brianna Lewis and, you know, and the Ferguson's and the Eric Garner's of the world, um, especially here in America, are shared and that their names are remembered and that they're honored and that their killers receive accountability and they get justice. But how can we also do it in a way where we respect these victims and, you know, because they're not black bodies, you know what I mean? They were black people. They had, they were brothers, they were fathers, they were sisters, they were mothers, they were nieces, nephews, et cetera, et cetera. How can we also honor their lives and honor their memories and to also make sure that these videos are being shared with the consent of their families because that's something that I've been missing a lot lately that like I've like there these videos are up but like do their families even get a say you know what I mean and like people and a lot of times people like to compare it with like Emmett Till and her mother and his mother Mammy Till and how she shared the vote the the photo of his corpse and had him and had his um had his funeral an open casket funeral because they wanted she wanted the media to see what they did to her son but we also have to remember Mammy Till had the agency and she did that and she had she was given the well she you know she did it on her own volition but I I wonder sometimes like how many like do these families even get a say in how the lives of their law of their loved ones are remembered you know and so and do we subconsciously like sort of push them to be the, to be, um, to be sort of the face of injustice? Like, do we give them a say, you know? And th- those are things that I, I think about a lot, be- especially now with these, you know, with um, Ahmad's video being out and like just sort of the ethics really of sharing these videos and how much how much is it spreading awareness versus how much is it being trauma porn you know because like Sama says like you know misery and things like that and just like um things like that sell and when we're equating the you know the killings of black bodies and then it's being shared on especially like large accounts you know, again, this is engagement. These are, these are numbers and numbers help sell for these people. And it, it just, for me, it really just goes back. Um, it really goes back to the commodification of black bo- people. I'm not going to say black bodies because we're more than just bodies. We're people it really kind of goes back to slavery. How just like our bodies, our pain, our torture, our dis, uh, everything is commodified and you know I guess for me to really just kind of like end this segment off because this is just a very depressing conversation to be have to be honest it's just I just want (laughs) I just want us to remember that like you know these were people not like you guys said not teaching moments and while there needs to be justice served for them I also want us to keep in mind and remember sort of um that these people had lives beyond, you know, their murders, their senseless murders. And 
when we say their names, I also want to, you know, I also want this to be done in the most ethical way possible so that we don't reduce them to a body. I think what would help with that was, would be to provide support for their families. Mm-hmm. You are, we're never going to be able to repay someone for their, their lost family members, for the lost lives, the people mm-hmm. who have been taken from us. But we can help by providing support, emotional, financial, legal to these people to stand up as a community against oppression against pain against all of this that it's don't just if you're a big account and you are providing these stories and and you are creating this outrage i hope that you are also turning around and providing support for the same families don't just use these people help them start up a foundation start up donations blast kickstarters too don't just blast the outrage that with that is also like a valid point about like the support because like when it comes to support support also includes like giving them their space to mourn in which like usually like they don't have that it's always like what are you gonna do are you gonna sue them you gotta sue you gotta do this this that and like there's always cameras in their face and that's what like like going back to like what Yasmin was saying about like are are we like pushing them to be the voice that like they're not used to being you know Mm -hmm. or that they didn't sign up for exactly and it's like and like they push them to do all this but like they won't like help them when it comes to like the Kickstarter about like running a funeral and uh, like you you would only see like a select few places like oh this is their Kickstarter but like you don't really see the big names of face on on social media saying like hey this is the Kickstarter by the way like yes yeah, Salma said you would only see their their like the outrage on the on the topic but never any help about what it's about. Mm-hmm. So with that I kind of want to end hot takes because my god <laughs> this was a lot this was a lot to unpack but it was good it's it's nice to be able to unpack this because it's been something that's been weighing on me heavily for like the past week or two so it was nice to like kind of have this conversation and be able to express you know these things that are happening in our world today so with that i would like to move on to the shit post of the week where we find things on the internet that we would like to share with you all right well i could i could kind of start off with the shit post because you know we need a little laugh um and we need and we need a little you know it kind of also goes with the whole um racism thing okay so if y'all haven't seen already i'm gonna explain a little bit give a little context so, um, I watch a lot of cooking videos on YouTube and I watch, you know, the Bon Appetit, some of Bon Appetit stand. Sometimes I watch like New York Times cooking, you'll do some shit on there. That's kind of interesting. And, you know, some other like various channels, right? So on New York Times cooking, there's this girl named Allison Roman. I guess she's like a, she's a writer for New York Times. And also she's like, she does like cooking videos for a YouTube channel, et cetera, et cetera. So she came out with a 
I want to say it's like a op-ed or something. And she basically like this is like Marie Kondo and Chrissy Teigen, right? So then Chrissy Teigen gets on Al Gore's internet and is doing her whole um spiel about how she's so disappointed in Alison Roman, how she's attacking her as a woman of color, or la 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 la. And here's where the smack can comes in, right? Because then black people, we never forget. So I want to say it was it was a couple years, but I want to say like six or seven years ago. Um, I don't know if you guys remember um, Quiv. I'm gonna. I don't want to mess up her. I think her name was Quiv Janae. Quiv Janae Wallace. She was in Beast of the Southern Wild, but she was also in like um, Annie. She was a black girl in Annie when they did the remake. Um, stuff like that. I want you to remember. I want you to remember that she was nine at this time. The Onion, like, posted a, you know, The Onion is a satirical um, news piece or whatever. So they basically called her a cunt. <laughs> what? A nine-year-old. Nine-year-old. Do you see the brains? I mean, do you see the worms in the brain? Like, these people have literally lost their minds. They called this nine-year-old a cunt. And then people dragged them and they took it down. But Chrissy Teigen was like, not only did she like agree with what they were saying, but she expanded it. And she was like, yeah, she's such an annoying little girl. She thinks she's so cocky. I don't like her. Oh, what? Teigen is how old? Too old. That's what she's is. She's too old. And you're, and you're dragging a nine-year-old little black girl for being quote unquote too cocky. She's nine. Are you are you insane? <laughs> <laughs> and like I've been new about her nonsense. That's why I never fucked with Chris Keegan and her hashtag quirky hashtag relatable content. Cause she's a she's a cornball. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so then when this happened, everyone was dragging her for that. And um she went private with her 12 million followers. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, what was her name again? Chrissy T. Oh, Quebjane Wallace. Yeah, that whole. I remember that. I remember that whole thing. Yeah, she really got on. on she little, she deleted she... those tweets like recently <laughs> like that when, when that happened. Yeah, but she had that shit up for a long ass time, and so my shit post of the week is dedicated to that. So here's the tweet. Chrissy has been doing this low-budget dollar store impression of Jennifer Lawrence for a long time, but make it meaner and didn't think it would catch up with her. A laugh. She's been at this re... Um, I'm cunty and that makes me special since 2012 and before then too, so I don't know where this shot come, is coming from. And what really stuck out to me is low-budget Jennifer Lawrence. Because Jennifer Lawrence is also terrible as well. <laughs> like, or like, I, well, I don't know if she's terrible per se, but she's annoying to me. And so, <laughs> and so I think that sums up Chrissy Teigen perfectly. Like, she's just, she tries to be all, I'm not like other girls, you know? I'm just married to a multimillionaire. While me, I am also a millionaire. And I'm friends with ultra millionaires as well. Uh, I'm so relatable, guys. <laughs> I don't know how to fry the egg. This the dish shrimp fried this rice type ass. And it's so irritating. Like, girl, take 
if you don't take your helter skelter ass out of here and leave leave black people alone you know what that's that's really that's really the synopsis of this episode leave black people alone thank you thank you so i'm Please. glad you got dragged i'm glad you got dragged the only person that I, I I absolutely do not believe should have been dragged into this is Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo does nothing other than tell y'all girls to fold your fucking clothes and get rid of shit that you don't need. Like that's that's what really just be irking me that Marie Kondo is all is always like she lives in these white women's minds like rent free. Just like <laughs> she's not gonna tell me what to do if I want to keep my my dress that I haven't worn since high school. I should keep it. Yeah. And keep it. It sparks joy in you. That's the point of her whole message was if it if you like it, if it still makes you happy, keep it. Then keep it. She's just telling you to stop over consuming shit and just because you have nothing going for you in your lives. Okay? Okay. That's she just really just be clocking you. That's really it. But their lives are just overconsumption. They don't need because they have nothing. They have nothing. They have nothing of value. They have nothing of substance. They have nothing. Nothing. (laughs) They have nothing. I hate that I'm not like other girls mentality. What is so wrong about being like other girls? What what makes you hate yourself so much that you do not want to be like your your fellow? girls like listen i don't like half of these bitches but i still acknowledge that i am like them in in certain ways it it doesn't kill you to be don't be a pick me bitch don't don't be a pick me bitch just like accept yourself love yourself for who you are for for if you identify as female enjoy yourself for being a girl just like live your life don't don't go hating on other people's lives like literally if this whole like quirky I'm not like other girls thing is just another play into being what men want you to be. Mm. Don't do that. Live your life for yourself, not for these men. Cause at the end of the day, they ain't shit, bro. At the end of the day, they ain't gonna make you happy. You gonna make you happy. But I just wanna say in a short synopsis, um, fuck Allison Roman, fuck Chrissy Keegan, <laughs> Marie Kondo is a queen, and what? Hey, ho, Chrissy Teigen has got to go. Hey, ho, ho, <laughs> Chrissy Teigen has got to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Chrissy Teigen Chrissy has got to go. Um, I don't know if you guys have any shit posts that you want to talk about. Um, I kind of have one. This one isn't on racism. It's just on feature being feature. <laughs> Um, I saw this the other day of how like another lady like another girl like her child is also you know Feature's child and his original baby mom was like oh you know you better go wish her happy Mother's Day like she's another mother of yours and he's just like you couldn't put this on another post like you have to put this on the mine and then on a whole on a whole separate post he was like these hoes need to keep their information off of social media. And I'm just like, my nigga, what do you mean? <laughs> like, dude, you need to keep your dick in your pants. Like, that, that's <laughs> number one. Number two, like, he was basically denying her, like, oh, that's not my kid. And then, boom, that's your kid. So she was just like, oh, yeah, you know, 
that's your kid. And he just like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, at this point, at this point, they, his baby mama should just, they, they need a union. Like, yeah. <laughs> they really do like run his pockets. Sis. These rappers, baby mamas need to join a goddamn union because y'all deserve <laughs> to be treated with more respect than y'all are. <laughs> I saw like, I saw a tweet how, because I, I saw that as well and like I saw how somebody was like oh Future gotta update his Mother Day roster <laughs> <laughs> because y'all y'all see how like he was on Twitter and he was just like hey he was like basically giving a shout out to each baby mama it was <laughs> and then niggas were mad about it because they were like yo Future you going now sad you you simping right now da 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 what because he gave because he he thanked his the mother of the children. Are you sick? <laughs> like you, y'all have issues. Like issues. What the hell, bro? Those are the same men that still need their mamas to cook, clean, and basically wipe their ass. Did for you them. even so give I... your mother a, a fucking what you call? It? Did you even give your mother Mother's Day gifts? Did you? Did you at least give her her mug? Yeah. Did you at least hug give your mama? Like, did you give her some flowers? Okay. Did you wash up the dishes after she made dinner? Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> Specifically after <laughs> she made dinner. Come on, cause you know that's that's the that's the worst that's the worst like amount of dishes to be washing or the worst time to be washing, cause you have all the pots and pans and you gotta start scrubbing and shit. Shit's trash. But yeah, like, mm-mm. I want to talk about something. Well, I the, the, kind of the shit post of the week. I don't know if anybody saw Doja Cat and her. I, I don't know if she tweeted this out, but she definitely she basically said that if Say So made number one, she would put out her biddies. So, first of all, I don't know why nobody looked at that tweet or like you know nobody looked at that statement and went that's just her being her, right? Because Doja Cat says and does so much shit. <laughs> on social media that people should just take everything that comes out of that with a grain of salt at this point people got mad when say so hit yeah when say so hit number one also hey look i, I guess <laughs> you were right you were y'all right. didn't believe me i was right i mean listen i just thought beehive would have been all over that shit like no competition <laughs> but i, think I guess beehive, competition man. I'm a, you know, I'm safe that thought for another day. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm happy because four Black women are on the Billboard charts. So, I mean, it's a win for me. But I guess it's also, you know, I, w- I wouldn't have been mad if Nicki Minaj got to number one. Like, she deserves. She's been in the game for a long time. So, you know, I don't hate it. But, yeah, I did see how people were like, where are your big bops? You say, <laughs> you show us big bops if number one. Where are they? Uh shit. No, I mean, listen, I had I didn't really care either way. They're both great songs and they're both great remixes. I just I was just like, listen, the the way people are, I was like, it's probably gonna be say so. And she made it happen. Honestly, good for her. Again, I don't know why (laughs) nobody looks and thinks like like anything that comes out of her mouth at this point, I'm just like, it's either it's either trolling or it's like a joke and she's not gonna follow through with it like i don't know why anybody thought she was listen doja cat has like very like 2014 tumblr-esque humor slash like twitter-esque humor 
So I already knew Sis was trolling from the get-go. But, you know, people people who weren't on Tumblr from, like, 2010 to, like, 2016, like, they just don't have the sort of edgelord humor that most of us have developed through those sites. So they usually, they take things like that as face value, which is bizarre to me, but hey. <laughs> Being on Tumblr has altered our, our psychological profiles at this point. It definitely has. All right. I guess that moves us along to the recommendation corner. Yes. Would anyone like to start? Um, I'll start. So my recommendation is on Netflix. It's called The Hollow. It just came out with their second season. I'm pretty sure their last season. 100% sure. Um, it's 20 episodes, so it's about these these three kids, right? And they wake up in a room, and they basically have, like, superpowers, and they have no idea what's going on because they don't have any memory of what's happening. So they don't know why they're in the room. All they, ha- all they know is that they have to get out of the room. And then after they get out of the room, they, and they solve, like, a whole bunch of puzzles and they don't know what it's for, and I I don't want to get too far into it because like the whole thing is supposed to be a mystery of like what's going on around them, why they have superpowers, why is there like other people that have superpowers with them, and how did they get where they are? So it's really good. Uh, for the LG- LGBTQ people, the main character, one of the main characters, is gay. So please watch it. Yeah, is it no? Okay, I have to ask: Is this like? implied or is it overt overt it's over well the first season it never really it it doesn't it doesn't doesn't come up but as soon as like the second season rolls around you get like a straight shot of his room with a with With a giant pride flag giant pride flag and then it is overtly stated second episode of second season but it, it was never really hidden it kind of Weirdly, it actually explains stuff from the first season when like, yeah. it gets to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is It is basically, it's over. Like, they never try to hide it. It, it just never came up in storyline. Basically, yeah. And, like, guys, please watch it so then, like, you could talk with me about the ending because there's so much to discuss. So much happened. stop talking about the, the ending when I haven't finished it yet? Exactly. You're you're terrible. You're <laughs> such a terrible ass individual. I didn't even tell I didn't even see what happened in the ending. I didn't even you see just anything. Have to, you just guys, can we talk about the ending? Oh my gee. And then you know we, <laughs> we all run the Twitter accounts and all the social media accounts. So now I'm gonna have to see it. So now I'm then so then I know how uh, I'm gonna I'll I'll it. see it. You guys don't guys please put a warning like oh spoiler warning for the two bitches that haven't watched it yet, like like mm, this like, is how a you spoiler. recommend something and then be like, hey guys, let's talk about the ending, huh? What? Who does that? <laughs> I want to talk about the ending so fast. So make a group chat, sis. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll make whoever wants to talk about it. Like, let's say, put me in the group chat. We'll make a group chat. Okay. Okay. Damn. All right. Make a group Please chat on like Instagram or something. Please talk to us. We have very few friends, actually. Now that I think about <laughs> it. <laughs> So yes, please give it a watch. It's called The Hollow on Netflix. So yeah, so it's my turn now. Um, so we did we definitely had a very heavy topic episode today, but a very informational one. 
And I would like to say, if you guys are interested in information like this and to ha- and people who are talking about this and having like, you know, really exceptional dialogue, um, I would recommend you go check out Andrea, aka Mestiza Womanist, on Instagram. Um, I know Andrea. I've 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 known her for a little while now, and like. She's just incredibly smart and she has a lot of nuance um, and is able to really articulate some of the points that we kind of talked about in this episode a lot more better than me. <laughs> and um, she's really such, she's a really great activist, a really great organizer, community organizer. Um, she walks the walk and she talks the talk. And that's something that like, I just really appreciate about her. And um she just really knows how to really be able to bring this dialogue forward and to have honest and positive conversations about these things. And so if you're kind of looking for more social justice centered content um, with people who, you know, who are really about changing the way um, marginalized people are talked about in our community that are, are talked about and also you know looking for people who are really on the grounds and really doing the work um, I really recommend you check her out check out her account she's amazing I love her um she knows this already <laughs> so um so yeah I would really check her out see what she talks about um she does like a lot of she does like just a lot of like great posts about different things whether it's like racism um sexism homophobia transphobia etc etc and so yeah that's my recommendation for the week her name is andrea and her instagram is at messiah's womanist go check it out period period no semicolon yep no (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, I have nothing to recommend, guys. Honestly, on um, I watch Psychic K. Come talk to me about it. What is it? The Wonderful Life or the Amazing Life of Psychic K? I don't know. I never the disastrous life. life. The disastrous really life. <laughs> the disastrous <laughs> life of Psychic K. I don't learn titles. I'm terrible. I'm like literally. I don't learn titles. I don't learn character names. I just like the show. Like it's. <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, yeah, watch The Disastrous Life of Psychic K. And uh, honestly, that's all. Come talk to me about it. I need I need people to talk to me because I ramble. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I guess that sort of ends the episode for this week. How could I forget, you know, shameless self-promotion? Um, follow us at Anna Babes Podcast on all social media platforms listen to the Anna Babes podcast on all places where you view podcasts Spotify, Google Podcasts Breaker, we are working on Apple Podcasts they, we're working on it so <laughs> we'll let you know when that's available but yeah, go check us out um, and follow us also t- we have a Reddit we are still working on how to use that fucking Reddit but don't worry <laughs> we'll get to it when we do um and yeah talk to us sometime 
Sometimes. Okay. Yes, please. Bye. All right. Bye, y'all. Love y'all. Bye.